one of the greatest gifts my mother gave me was she taught me daily to look for the Lord. She made him so real in everyday life. She always was looking for his hand and she saw it, you know, just in the way he led her. Mm -hmm. It's one of the greatest gifts that she gave me. And it's what I tried to show my children. He's real Mm -hmm. here with you. You are never alone. Mm -hmm. But the greatest priorities that I tried to have when I was raising my children were God's word. Mm -hmm. Not that it could ever be more important at one time than another, because it's always supremely important. But in the day in which these children are being raised, this generation of children, if they don't know God's word, it's going to be really difficult to stand. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Hi, moms, and welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon, and we are doing a series right now with Mother's Day on the horizon, or this may be coming the week after Mother's Day, but The focus right now in May is on moms. And I know if you're a single mom, this is a heavy time for you because even though Mother's Day isn't about moms and dads, but moms who are raising children without an earthly dad have an extra load, it feels like. And so I want you to know that we are trying to support you and carry that load, even though you're the one in the trenches alone. But we are with you. We are praying for you. We care and we are praying that the Lord will help you as you're raising your children. I know you're doing a good job. I know you're doing a hard job. And I really believe you're doing a holy job. And I'm so excited to introduce you to one of my dear friends, and one of the women who mentored me. It makes me cry. She's very precious to me. She mentored me as I was raising my children. So Suzanne Miller, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much, Lori. Such a blessing to be with you and to talk to these precious moms. Suzanne has raised her own children. They are adults now. Tell us, Suzanne, you have seven children, one in heaven with the Lord, and how many grandchildren now? Thirteen. Thirteen, and yes, I think it's your firstborn that went to be with the Lord the Mm -hmm. day after. The next day, the day after he was born. He just lived one day. Oh, I'm so sorry for that. I know there may be some moms listening who have also experienced that pain, so I'm sorry for that, but she has raised a beautiful group of godly men and women and now she's investing in 13 grandchildren and that may not be the the end yet I don't think all of her children are done having children so that number is growing and I have also watched Suzanne turn around and come back and pour her life into young moms who are raising children and she's leading a class called Mom Care at our local church here in Atlanta. And I know these moms, they come with pen and pencil and they're soaking in everything you're pouring into their lives. And I get feedback that they're practicing. I know that will encourage you. They're putting into practice the things that you are teaching them on raising children and you're teaching them from the word of God. So thank you for the investment you're making in so many and for your time today to invest in these moms. And 
ladies, the moms that I'm bringing on right now are not single moms. And that's a gift. I, I thought, well, these ladies invested in me and I admired and looked up to them so much that I wanted to give you the gift of hearing their hearts on motherhood and raising children. And as I've said before, God is not silent about mothering. I think it's interesting to note that even in the book of Kings, often God would say, this is the king, but this is his mom, <laughs> you know? And so um, I think that's interesting. And the teaching on motherhood is so important. And so Suzanne, as you've had time to look back over your years and now as you are encouraging moms, and it's a new day in motherhood, so many things that are coming at these moms, maybe every generation says that, boy, I'm glad we didn't have to deal with that in my generation, but I don't know. It seems to be coming harder and faster, the changes, and yet we know the Word of God has not changed. So what would you encourage moms today to teach their children? That is exactly what I encourage them, that the Word of God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even though our world is changing, it seems like almost daily, his heart is always the same. And that is that people come to know him, to restore a relationship with him, and to walk with him, to be repentant, and to be um, obedient and faithful in their walk as they continue to walk with the Lord after they come to know him. Although the circumstances and what these young moms are dealing with is, I think in some ways, radically and drastically different than mm -hmm. that were the challenges when we were raising our children. That, um, it still, God's word is true and it's the same. And so that it's, even though it feels like everything is different, God's word is never different. So that is the same and, and that it's dependable, it's trustworthy. And he has that for us every day. We just open up the word every day and it's like the ink's still wet because <laughs> it is the same. I love that. The ink's still wet. And the reason for that is because the Bible is alive. We know that, that Jesus, the author of the word, he is the word and it's alive. It's living. So moms, if you're not in the word yourself, I would encourage you to do that. And if you're early in the early stages of grief, I understand it's hard to read anything, but Turn on an app where the Word of God is playing in the background. It is the only thing that's going to nourish your soul and your spirit. So I often say to moms, you may be numb physically, you may be numb emotionally, fight against going numb spiritually. And if all you're doing is reading that dry passage in Leviticus, or you're turning on a chapter of the Psalms and you're having that play, it doesn't turn back void. And so... I love what you said, though, Suzanne, the ink is wet because it is. Mm -hmm. And even if they just read just one scripture, one verse, and it won't be that way their whole lives, but it, during the toughest season, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But he will use that one verse, and it will be amazing to see in your day how he works that out. But I heard Billy Graham say one time that he left his Bible open on his desk, and every time he walked by, he read a verse. And I just thought that was a neat, ongoing way to continually be in touch with the Lord throughout the day. I love that. And 
I don't want to give feedback everything you said, but I just recently saw Ann Voskamp where she had a Bible and a recipe holder in her kitchen so that when her children walked by, they could do that. What a great tip. Moms were already getting some great, helpful, practical tips from Suzanne. So is there anything else that you would encourage moms to teach their children? The, the top three things, I think, is to seek the Lord with all your heart. Just cling to Him. And then to be selfless in your role. I think these young moms are being taught all this me stuff and self stuff, but it's God that we are surrendered to. And it's He that gives us life. He's our very breath, and He will strengthen. And everybody goes through really difficult days, you know, of one degree or another. And during my most difficult days, I just felt like the Lord, it was almost like he scooped me up. In fact, he even gave me almost, well, it was like a vision. Like he scooped me up in his arms and literally rocked me in a rocking Mm -hmm. chair. And Mm -hmm. just how personal and sweet that was to me. And even in the years since that happened, when I'm going through a difficult time, I'm reminded of that. He reminds me or it comes to my memory that he's with me, you know, he's so faithful and he loves us so much. I don't know if we can fully grasp, you know, how much he loves us. It is truly amazing how much he cares for us. Yes. Teach them that God is there. Teach them the word. Selflessness and consistency. I would encourage these young moms to seek the Lord to be selfless in their care of their children, and to be consistent. Our pediatrician, Dr. Little Denmark, said if she could write consistency on every wall of every mom's house, she would. Because sometimes we are more tough, maybe in a discipline area. Sometimes we're more lax. But if we can just remember, it's so important to be consistent, you know, to the same punishment for the same offense. It it helps them, I think, be more secure and know what to expect. That is so true. And moms, when you don't have your husband to affirm or to lead and discipline, in the early days, you are going to be probably all over the place. And you even ask the question, can I discipline a grieving child? I think often when the storm starts to settle, that is a loving thing to do. They they may cry out when they're crying out in misbehavior and they're going to test those boundaries. Often they're just asking for you to to give them the security of consistency and discipline so they know I'm not going to get away with this because I never do. So exactly. Yeah. And in those days when we're doing it on our own, we're literally exhausted and discipline does take a lot of time and a lot of energy. And so I affirm what you're saying, Suzanne, because children need that. It's okay if you have to come back to a boot camp approach, if you realize that, hey, I've gotten away from some of my consistency and my discipline. You can just say, we're having a family meeting and we're going to go through some boot camp right now and apologize. I'm sorry, mom has not been really training you in the way that we had in the past. And so we're going to go through a little boot camp and give them a heads up. And then like you're saying, Suzanne, be consistent. That's so good. And I also agree with you on selfless. I think they're asking for boundaries. Are the boundaries still the same? Are we still okay? Mm -hmm. 
they do that at church, at home, when you're in the grocery store. You know, they just test the boundaries uh, a lot of the time. <laughs> I say that's their job. They're going to push yeah. up against that. That's what they are going to do. And our job is to remain parent, to remain firm. And yep, that fence is still here. <laughs> Exactly. Didn't go anywhere. <laughs> when children are young, it's important, I think, to use fewer words uh, when you're asking them to do something in a, a situation where obedience is required. Because when they're young, let's say under five or six, it's important that they learn to obey. Your goal is first time obedience. I mean, that mm-hmm. is not always the case, of course, but that's what you're working toward. And it's important not to always discuss it at the great length. Especially if you have children that can get into a, you're just talking about discipline issues all day. But in middle school and high school, I mean, I think it's it's good then to give a more detailed explanation why you made that judgment call or why you asked that thing. Those are so good. Well, Titus 2 verses 3 and 4 does encourage the older women to teach the younger. And it says to love their children. So how did you do this and how would you encourage moms to love their children. What does that look like? I, I think probably in every home, it looks different, uh, somewhat different. I think one of the ways that we can love them is to listen to them. Mm. And that is really hard on a day when you're not doing well or it's a tough day for you. You have a lot going on that day or whatever, but just to take a few moments to listen, to really listen to their heart, what they're sharing. I think is important. It it validates them and it comforts and encourages them in another way. I mean, I think it's always important to do hugs and words of affirmation, but I think listening is another way to affirm and comfort. And that that is a way that they actually remember. I asked my children this recently, and that's one of the things that they said. And of course, hugs and comfort. I read an article recently this last week that said, Children lead at least nine hugs a day. And I thought, I don't know if mine always got nine hugs, but (laughs) it's a good thing to have a goal to work toward, you know, just to realize, um, and not that that that's a legalistic or a binding thing, but just, you know, they like lots of hugs. That's important. (laughs) Physical touch. Yes, it's necessary. It's why they have newborns just put right skin to skin with the mom and the baby because that. God created us with a need for physical touch. So so love is to listen and then to give hugs and comfort. That's great. Well, I know you loved your children well. And just to see you and to hear you when you talk of your children and your grandchildren, you just can see the love, hear the love. So how would you encourage a young mom who is in the thick of raising children that are in the season right now. That's the beauty of the grandmother season is we can look back and see from a different view, uh, what are the top priorities of motherhood? What were they for you? What would you say are the top priorities? What would you say to moms? One of the greatest gifts my mother gave me was she taught me daily to look for the Lord. She made him so real in everyday life. She always was looking for his hand and she saw it, you know, just in the way he led her. Mm -hmm. It's one of the greatest gifts that she gave me. And it's what I tried to show my children. Mm -hmm. He's real Mm -hmm. here with you. You are never alone. Mm -hmm. But the greatest priorities that I tried to have when I was raising my children were God's word. Mm -hmm. 
not that it could ever be more important at one time than another, because it's always supremely important. But in the day in which these children are being raised, this generation of children, if they don't know God's word, it's going to be really difficult to stand. Mm-hmm. In our culture, particularly, it seems it's throwing at them. And they have to know what God says. And he's very clear on a lot of these situations that we are coming against in our culture today. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of gray areas in scripture, but some of these things are extremely clear. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I think these young people are dealing with, especially in schools right now, are very clear. So I think it's important to teach them at a very young age that he's dependable, that he's always true, that he's always right, that he's always present with them, that he always is for their best good, that we want to honor him and bring him glory, and he blesses us as we're obedient. I think it's also important to ask the Lord to show to show you your child's heart, because every child has different strengths and weaknesses. Some of my children's weaknesses I did not see till much later. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to ask the Lord to show us, is there something going on in this child's heart that maybe he's flying under the radar? that we might be able to help them with that while they're still you know, mm-hmm. in our home. Every child has strengths and weaknesses, so it's important to encourage the strengths, of course, but to point out the weaknesses and work with them on those things scripturally and just even sometimes behaviorally. I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of obedience, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody has once said, about the time our children get civilized, they leave our home, you know. (laughs) And I don't always think that's the case. But, I mean, you know what they're meaning on the one hand. Good manners are so important, too. To um, Good manners is just another way of being kind to other people, I think. And so it's, you know, just the basics. Sit at the table and eat. A lot of different things that are good to know. (laughs) Yeah, and you know on that one, Mom's, I know sitting at the table to eat sounds like a very simple thing to do. But when there's an empty chair at the table, you may not even realize that you're avoiding the table when your husband is not there. So maybe all of a sudden, I know we used to call when my husband, he traveled. And so when he was out of town, we would have silly suppers. We would have pancakes or cereal. And so maybe you're in this silly supper season, but I will encourage you to come out of that season at some point and gather your children around the table as hard as it will be if he's not there. Maybe you weren't in the practice of having family meals, but so much happens around the table. Truly, you can slip in teaching. You can read a psalm in the morning or a proverb at breakfast. You can you can hear their hearts. What made you happy today? You can do things with food <laughs> that is just a natural way to bond with your children. So thanks for mentioning that, Suzanne, because I do think it's really important. There's something that just uh, is disarming about sharing a meal. You know, you feel relaxed. You feel, you know, your tummy gets filled up and your heart does too. There's several Christian companies that put out cards that have conversation topics that Mm -hmm. are just the, the neatest things. I just recently got a set last week. Because it's just fun to to look at things in a different way and not just let conversation lull, but to ask heart questions, you know, what's going on with your heart? Would you rather be praised for something you did right? Would you rather receive a hug? Would you, you know, Mm -hmm. just ways you can get to know your children. And uh, and somehow when they're answering a question, 
it's a conversational thing rather than being put on the spot. Absolutely. Again, it's just like you say, it's disarming to be at the table. And if your life is so busy, mom, or you're going through fast food, and I know as a single mom, you're trying to juggle a lot of things. And so we're not trying to put this high standard or raise this bar of something that you don't think you can accomplish. Maybe you just start with, if you're not doing it at all, start with once or twice a week, you know, we're going to have a meal together and then maybe make it the goal that at least once a day, uh, you know, I had the privilege and the blessing of schooling my children at home. So we were at the table three times a day. And I know that's not a reality for everyone, but I would encourage you, and you've heard me say it many times, mealtime and tuck-ins at night, tucking your children in bed, or those were what I called non-negotiables for me, especially with your young children when they become teens and they're driving and they have sports and all the activities. But I would limit your life from being so busy that you're giving it to so many of these other things that you're being robbed in many ways of just that special time with your children. And and like you're saying, Suzanne, it doesn't look like we're having this sit down bonding time that can, that can be stifling. <laughs> it's, that's the word. Exactly. And if they're just like, it's dinner time, you know, and then you're just asking what seems like natural questions over the course of the meal, you will learn a lot. And prayerfully, it will become their favorite time of the day. Yeah. Limit conversations at the table that are discipline related or are going to make them not be able to swallow their food, you know, or, or for them to fear coming to the table because that's when mom is going to correct me in front of my siblings or something. So we have to be careful. But isn't it interesting how much there is to navigate when we're raising children, even something as simple as having dinner together? It can be such a sweet, fun time. And I know different days, you know, some different things come up and that, and sometimes it's not. But very often it can be a fun part of the day, you know, just just talking about what happened in the day and how they're responding to it. Uh, I think you can hear their hearts in a way that sometimes you can't in a discipline situation because they're exactly. trying to best foot forward, you know. <laughs> exactly. That's so good. Any other priorities that you would suggest for these moms? Just the Lord. However, that, you know, in the Deuteronomy sense Mm -hmm. of when you're lying down, when you're rising up, when you're walking in the way, when you're in the car, you know, especially one-on-one time in the car is is precious time. You know, if you're taking someone to a lesson or a class or or something, just to have one-on-one time with children that is is very important, especially if you have a big family. It's, It's important that each child, you know, be heard and seen. And understood, hopefully, you know, but that that God is real, that he is with them, that he loves them and that they can always cling to him. And and I think it's important to teach them when they're in a hard place, even as a very young child, if they come to you and are afraid, just immediately hold them and start praying, you know, mm-hmm. just Lord, you are here. Would you comfort this child? Would you know, just always put their hand in the Lord's hand, just every mm-hmm. situation comes up in life and um, just continually point them to the Lord. That's the sweetest way I know of to nurture and love a child. And of course, I love hugs and and snuggles and and all those ways as well. Not a bad way to love a child unless you spoil them, I guess. (laughs) Give them what they don't need. (laughs) 
Exactly. Spoiling comes in the grandmother years, right? And even then we have to be careful. So, uh, so as you look back over the years, is there anything that you would do different if you were starting over again? I would try to be more thoughtful of one-on-one time with each child. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried to work on that, but it would be more of a priority to me to laugh more. The Lord works all the highs and lows out and, and even discipline issues, the hard things and, the, and all about discipline, just to continually affirm them that they are safe and that they are loved no matter what and that you love them unconditionally and that it's a picture of the Lord loving us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. When we do wrong, we do want to repent mm-hmm. for a relationship with the Lord. But he always forgives us and, and wants, wants that fellowship. And so do we with our children. You know, we want that restored quickly. That's so good. And what would you do all over again, no matter what? This, I know these are some of the same things that you might have said, the priorities and all. But um, what do you feel that really did work well and that you are glad the Lord led you in that way in your parenting? Uh, morning devotions. Our children really loved them. Some of them mm-hmm. really didn't. Mm-hmm. But even today, they would say, looking back on it, that was a favorite time of theirs. We were all together, and we mm-hmm. were seeking the Lord all together. Read-alouds. I would have a read-aloud chapter book. There's so many good Christian series or even just individual books. Biographies are so awesome. Point them to lives that were surrendered to the Lord and, and faithful all the way through. Even we had a son who went to a local college and he would come home at lunchtime to hear the chapter book, even when he was still in college. It was just a favorite memory that we had. We also had prayer and Bible stories at night. Mm-hmm. That just begins to ends the day well, you know, and whatever discipline issues we had during the day, if they were not resolved or if it was something that still felt hurtful, I would try really hard to talk through that before I put them to bed, you know. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't go to bed with a heavy heart. That would be resolved. I know that there are so many things that come up, but I think it's important to have goals to look toward and to shoot for. Even the definition of sin is missing the mark. Mm -hmm. So if we're not shooting towards something, I think that's, that's important for us to have goals. And not that we're trying to live perfectly. Not at all. That is not the goal. The Lord never says it's perfection, but it's obedience and lives of holiness. And that's what we're working toward. And so we want our children to feel free to come to us with discipline issues or or whatever it is, something they're afraid of or or whatever's heavy on their heart, you know, because that's so important. That's so good. I know moms are thinking, boy, family meals. First of all, I got to cook a family meal. Discipline, that's too hard. Now reading a devotion in the morning and at night. I know it can feel overwhelming, but all of these things are something you grow into. And also it's a gift you give yourself. I know what you want most is to enjoy your children. In fact, if you're not enjoying them and you're enduring them, I would ask the Lord to help you with that and that you can enjoy your children and include some of these things that you're looking forward to as well. And Maybe you're thinking, I don't have time in the day to read a chapter book, but it's a way to settle yourself as well and just enjoy time in a special way. It's away from screens and technology, which I know, Suzanne, you're probably a big one to encourage against that. 
I really am. Yeah. And these are things just to work. These are just ideas to work toward. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I can't look at Pinterest because it's overwhelming to me. But for people who do fine with it, it's just fresh ideas and good mm-hmm. ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's not to be in an overwhelming way at all, but just some ideas, just to incorporate even one or two that might be an encouragement to their hearts and to yours. No list to check off. <laughs> for sure. And that's the whole. Mm-hmm reason I wanted to bring these moms on is to kind of give you a smorgasbord, a buffet of maybe you'd never thought of some of these things. And then maybe some of these moms are saying the same thing. Like I would definitely point my children toward the Lord or whatever. And so that's what I'm hoping that God will use these as you are trying to figure out. We don't get a training manual outside of we do have the word of God, which is our manual. But sometimes this parenting thing and motherhood you've not been a mom before and so we're learning as we go and God is teaching us as we're leading our children and I love I've said this before Isaiah 40 verse 11 says that God will gently lead those who have young so he's shepherding you as a mom as you're shepherding your own children so Suzanne how did God lead and shepherd you as a young mom, who was influential in your life when you were raising your children? Who modeled motherhood to you? Actually, it started when I was a young child. My mother was so influential in my life, and uh, she taught me so many sweet life lessons. And then I had the blessing of living next door to my aunt, who had four children, and I just, since I was an only child, it was such a blessing to have those children, to watch her mother. Mm. But then as I, my children, the Lord sent so many precious moms, and, and I would encourage moms to have close friends around them, somebody that you feel safe with, that you know there's a confidence that won't be betrayed, you know, that mm-hmm. share your heart with and pray with. But, Laura, you were a huge model in my life. Uh, Mary Madeline Whittinghill was a huge model in my life. Monica Scheidt was a huge model mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. We lived life together. We were in church together. We we were at each other's homes. And and the Lord taught me so, so much through watching other families and other moms be moms. (laughs) But I think it's really important to have a prayer partner or somebody that you trust. Mm -hmm. Not going to just share your heart, obviously, with with just anyone. You, You build a relationship and know that that relationship is trustworthy. But it is so important to to have somebody like that. Just, you know, at some point during the day when your world's just falling apart to just say 911, you know, just pray for me. I need a word of prayer. And it's just encouraging. It just is encouraging. It's like the iron sharpening iron that Proverbs talks about and, and just a great blessing to encourage each other in the Lord. That is so true. Moms. Grab another mom. You've heard me say this as well. Someone said to me early on, every child needs two moms. And I don't mean it in the way the world is trying to redefine <laughs> that. But I grabbed another single mom and we did life together in so many ways. If you don't have another single mom, grab a mom. You know, like I said, um, yeah. Suzanne was very helpful to me. We need each other. We need the accountability. Give someone permission to speak into your life that might be observing some things that you're doing as a mom that you might need to correct yourself. And so it's helpful to have someone that has permission 
to show you those things and then put yourself under the influence of moms that are modeling godly motherhood. You hear this all the time, but social media is really not your best mentor sometimes. There's a lot of positive. I'm not against social media at all. But make sure those who are influencing you on social media are following the ways of the Lord and that they are examples that you really do want to model your life after. And sometimes you have to have the boldness and the courage to ask a mom to speak into your life or to invest in your life, but it will definitely be worth it. I can assure you that. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's a lot of humility to be able to receive that because sometimes it might be areas in our lives that we really don't see and that we're really not aware of. And it might even feel hurtful, but you know, the scripture says, pay for the wounds of the friend. Yes. Yes. And you know what I'm saying? Because they have our best interest at heart too. You know, I mean, they want us to succeed, but I think it's important to remember in our culture today where we are so often showed a standard of perfection in how we look, how we mother, how we give a birthday party, just so many ways. That is not God's standard. And God's standard is to be in right relationship with him first and then with each other. And it's huge to learn and grow. That's what he wants us to do. Plus, it's encouraging to your children to tell your child, I am so sorry I did that wrong. That was a wrong judgment call. Mm-hmm. I had the wrong attitude. Please forgive me. And mm-hmm. because it will encourage them also to to be humble and to repent in of the things they need to repent of. Because perfection is not a standard. Not that's not the goal. In our society, culture, we so often get that. And it's just not true. I have another mom friend. Now her children are grown too, but she said I I've started asking my children to tell me what is something that you wish I did do and what is something you wish I did not do. I was at first like, I don't think I have the courage to ask those questions. (laughs) And yet, again, it's just giving your children even permission to speak into your life at the right time with respect. And you may be surprised, maybe something you think they're going to say they don't and something that You had no idea that was impacting them in the way that it was. And that, as you're saying, Suzanne, is humility as well and listening. And try not to bristle up or get defensive, which is not easy, and listen to what they're saying. And then if they really do bring something to our attention, to try to make that change if it's possible, you know, and ask the Lord to help us. Boy, do we need God to help us. Oh, absolutely. Because I think as moms, of course, our highest and best, we want to give to our children. And we feel like we're doing that as much as we can every day. Mm -hmm. But it may not be coming across to them that way. And so it's important to to just check in and see, you know, how is this coming across to you? And what would be a blessing to you? It's really important. And what would you wish I would change? You know, less thankings, (laughs) more candy. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, we could go on and on. Our our time is probably over time. I'm trying to keep these short. But when you're talking about motherhood, which is one of my greatest passions, I know it's Suzanne's passion. And there's so many topics related to motherhood. 
ladies, if you happen to be in the area, if maybe if you go to even First Baptist Church Woodstock, give yourself the gift of going to mom care. I know they're coming to the end of the season right now, but Suzanne has been teaching this group of moms for how long now, Suzanne? Just finished the 17th year. No way. So if you want a seasoned mom who loves the Lord and has raised godly children and is going to teach you how to teach your children, I would encourage you to look into mom care in the fall. I got to sit in on some of the classes this spring, and she covered a wide range of very important topics from technology to bullying to manners, teaching respect. I know, Suzanne, I feel sure they could come to your class and might offer an invitation. We would love to have them. That's what I feel like. Yes. It's a sweet fellowship, too, of moms in the same season of life. For sure. Just to have support and other moms. And if you are a single mom and you need support with other moms who are raising kids without a dad, we have an online Facebook group that meets once a month. I lead that. And I have a hope gathering that meets also once a month in my home of moms who are just needing the support of other young moms who have been left alone for whatever the reason. Our hope gatherings are for widows by death. And so I'll put the link in the show notes to that as well, if you're interested. Uh, Suzanne, would you close us now by just praying for these moms? They have a big job, and I would love for you to just pray for them and for their children, if you would. Father, how we bless you for the blessing and privilege it is to be moms. You are so good to bless us with these precious ones. And Father, we pray that we would cling to you, cling to your word trust you and obey you in every way you lead us. I pray for these moms very specifically, Lord, that you would heal their hurting hearts, that you would heal these children's hurting hearts, that you would be father to them and husband in every sense of the word, Lord, that you would bless them, encourage them, and use them in your kingdom, Lord. We pray for the salvation of each child, each mom. We pray that they would honor you and obey you all of their lives. We pray that these children would bear fruit that remains, that they would faithfully walk with you, Lord, to your honor and glory. We thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit that you comfort as no other can. And we bless you and thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us every single day. We are so grateful for who you are, our dearest friend, closer than a breath, and that we are never alone. Thank you, Father, for that truth. Thank you for the privilege of walking with you. And we pray your sweetest blessings over these precious moms and their children. And we ask this in the mighty and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So good to have you on today. Thank you so much. It was a blessing. And moms, you're doing a good job. I may not know you, but I know you've been entrusted with a huge responsibility And no doubt, you're doing the best that you can in the season that you're in. And I just pray that the Lord will bless you today. Just know that He deeply loves you. 